Hey guys, welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and I'm here as always with Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadborn Knifeworks, and we got Jared Hello. Weaver with us today from Master of Metal Manipulations, and we're going to have a good day. We're back in the studio, audio's good, nothing's broken, so today's going to be a good one. How you guys doing? Good. Doing great. Good, good. That's like, yep. like a jinx on the goods. <laughs> so, uh, th- this is weird, guys. We're we're being stalked right now is what's happening. So, as you're listening to this podcast, Ryan and I both are looking at each other, as we always do, but we can't see Jared, and he can see us. So, I feel yeah, like I'm kind of uh, being spied on. I kind of missed the memo on the whole uh, camera. Well, we'll let you it must be on a you must be on a desktop. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Nice. Well, this is the first. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, I uh, I really enjoy your all's work, so it's really cool to be able to have a chat with you all. I haven't done very many things like this. I uh, just recently, you know, kind of started to build my Instagram and things like that. So I want to start doing you know more things like this to kind of give back to the community and things like that. And I've sure learned a lot, you know, from you all and all the other podcasts. Well, we appreciate that. And who knows if this show goes good, hit up B Cone, maybe you can get on the work for it too. Yeah. I, uh, I talked to Brian about it a while back and, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get to do that sometime soon. Yeah, I'd love to to do some guest spots and some other podcasts too because it's fun, you know. You just sit here shoot the shit with people who have similar interests as you, and uh, but it's hard. Yeah, because there's there's very few of us, you know. Like we, I've been on work for it and Forge Side Chat. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. And those are about the only two that I've been able to get my foot in the door. So. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of getting comfortable, you know talking to other people, especially exposing it to the public and whatnot. And uh, I, I really respect you all for having the courage to be able to do it and things like that and, uh, you know, willing to share it with everyone. Yeah, we're pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've talked to Toby a little bit on the Fire and Steel podcast. Um, about, I love that show. About getting on there with him and owner. But uh, no hard plans yet, but it's a maybe in the future. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Owner's one of the funniest fuckers on the planet, dude. Dude, they're a riot. That show's I great. I love it. It's a it's a very underrated podcast. Like if you're not listening to them, you should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Ryan, yeah. what's been going on in your shop this week, Bucko? I haven't um, I haven't talked to you at all this week. Like not even a text, I don't think. I'm I'm cranking on orders. I'm not not cranking like getting a bunch, but I'm cranking on the ones I've got. All right. Um, and that's pretty much it. Just busting that out. Uh, there's a bunch of my neighbor who did the groundwork for me, ripped up a 20 foot stone patio for somebody and saved all the bricks for me. Nice. Nice. So, but he, he parked them like a half mile out the road behind my house. So I <laughs> got to, I got to take my little lawnmower out there with the dump cart and, fill it with some bricks and drive it back to my house. It's the mower's way too small for me. I mean, I'm six foot two forty five, so I'm not a little guy. Yeah. And, uh, I look ridiculous on the fucking thing, but 
Hey, like you're riding hey. a mini pony or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hauling a dump cart. <laughs> yeah, but, you don't have a pickup yeah. truck, do you? Huh? You don't have a pickup truck, do you? No, I sold it. The rust, was, the rust was claiming it. Yeah. So the rust what here because of the calcium and the salt that they put on the roads. If once the rust starts to go, it's gone. So like the passenger side fender on my truck within a year went from a bubble on the paint to the rim, the arch of the wheel above the tire blew off one day when I was going down the interstate. Holy oh shit. man. Yeah, what make just, is it? It was a Chevy. Yeah. 2008. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. The rust here is just, I've sent Jason some pictures before of cars at work. Yeah. Like the frames are snapped right in half or like bolts look like they've been under the ocean for a hundred years, man. Yeah. I had a a hell of a truck story this week. So I was back in my work truck down the road, like back up to my house because, you know, my house is at the end of the street. So I've got to go through the stop sign and back all the way in. But um, I got maybe 50 yards from my house, and I didn't notice this until later, but I sprung an oil leak. And I walked back outside later on, and there's like at least a solid gallon, if not more, of jet black oil on the ground under the front of my truck. Mm. And when I looked back up the road, you can see right where it started, like a little drip, and then it got a lot thicker, and then a steady pour, and it all dumped. So I found out that my truck apparently came from somewhere up north, and the oil pan rusted through. Oh, Super man. common. Yeah. So th- the only yeah. way to change the oil pan is to pull the entire fucking motor. Ooh. The only way to pull the motor is to take the whole cab off. So that turned out to be almost a $15,000 project. Is it a Ford? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably why they sold it yeah, yeah. f550 yeah. but we ended up because we're thinking like okay that's too much money you know what i mean like that's just way too much money the truck's got 230 something thousand miles on it so we found a crate motor from ford brand mm-hmm. spanking new with a ford warranty and we're getting that installed for less than they were going to charge us to replace the oil pan nice at a different shop obviously but wow. yeah, hopefully that truck will, it can get to a million miles now. I feel oh, yeah. pretty confident Let that it will. Along. So it's a 7.3. Yeah. It's a good motor. Yeah. Now those 7.3s are workhorses. Yeah. I mean, it'll pull a house off the foundation, but mm-hmm. it'll haul anything but ass. That's for sure. Yeah. That's where they knew how to make trucks like, you know, the 12 valves and 24 valve Cummins. Yeah. All the, yeah. See, all I'm a little just, truck guy. Yeah. I like small trucks. Small yeah. mediums. My dream truck's a 1985 Toyota pickup, single oh, cab. Nice. Four wheel drive, uh, obviously. Yeah, four wheel drive with a little four cylinder, 22R engines, mm-hmm. just fucking simple as shit. Everything's mechanical, and them things go anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I liked about my old truck, though, that I wish my next truck had was it had a lift gate on the back. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be so, handy. Yeah, I used it all the time. Oh, can you get that by yourself? Oh, yeah. Just roll it on the lift gate. Boop, picks it right <laughs> up into the bed. Yep. Slick. My truck's Especially got a flatbed. I like it real good. Making it all. Because you never know when you might go pick up an anvil or some type of machine. Makes yeah. it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just like teeter 
walk it onto the tailgate and pick her up and yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. Definitely. Do I do small engines for a living too. So it's nice. It's nice to be able to go pick up a tractor and shit. I, I have a Subaru wagon now and I use it like a truck and I'm killing it. I'm just fucking destroying the car. <laughs> there you go. I've had that thing like packed full of wood on more than one occasion. Like couldn't fit another piece in the back of the car. Overload springs or didn't you have all that micarta in there? Huh? Didn't you put all that micarta in there? The, I got the micarta in my truck. Oh, okay. You sent me a picture of something in the back of that Subaru. I can't remember what it was, but it was loaded. Slab wood. Maybe that's what it was. I had that I have that cedar slab that I haven't done anything with yet. That's probably four feet in diameter. It's the butt of a massive cedar tree. Yeah. And then uh, we stacked a bunch of slab wood on top of it. Nice. Have you done anything with that burl? No, it's sitting in my driveway. (laughs) Right where it was (laughs) dropped off? Well, I cut cut three chunks off it. So I cut it widthwise so it's big enough to, or small enough to fit on my buddy's bandsaw. And then it's the crotch of a tree. So I cut off the two nubs on the top. I'm trying to like get weight off because it's so heavy. I can't get it into my car and it's still too heavy. I can't even roll it over, dude. Damn. I can't even roll it over and I'm, I'm no bitch. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking hefty. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can lob off more chunks, but I want to save as much as possible because everything that isn't burl is curly. Hmm. Like the thing's covered in eyes, it's all wavy in the grain. Like the whole chunk is like good wood. I might end up having to borrow a truck. So how are you? How do you process that to dry it? Do you keep it in as big a chunks as you can? Oh, I don't know. This is my first time. Okay, yeah. So some guys will like just leave it as a whole burl, and they'll put latex paint on mm-hmm. the ends, keep it from checking. Yeah, keep it from checking, let it sit for like five years. I'm way too impatient for that. Yeah. So I'm going to slab it into two-inch slabs, and I'm going to paint them, and I'm going to stick them upstairs in the garage over the winter. It gets really dry in here in the winter because of the wood stove. Mm. So, And see how they look in the spring. Worst comes to worst, there's a bunch of places around here where you can kiln dry stuff, and that can get you close, and then you can get it the rest of the way in a toaster oven or your house oven or what kind of wood is it silver maple wow that's gonna be nice it's gonna be good i can already tell the burl's not rotten at all the tree was cut because the core was rotten Mm -hmm. but the burl was 20 feet off the ground so no there was no rot in the center that high up yeah are you gonna stabilize some of it yep cool yeah yeah that'll be sick yeah i got back into that again busted out all my stuff set up a little thing in the basement for my pump and my vacuum chamber yeah and the wife's already bitching wants me to put it back out in the garage <laughs> does that pump get you loud can hear the bas- huh does that pump get loud uh the one i did i bought does it's a piece of shit I don't even know if it's going to last another round. It, it sounds like a bag of rocks when it gets to max vacuum. 
crap, crap, crap. <laughs> you can hear you sitting in the living room watching TV, and that's all you can hear is my pump going. So I don't blame her. But yeah, it might be time to take that outside. Yeah, everybody I talked to who stabilizes professionally said I need a pressure pot set up. So I bit the bullet and I went to Harbor Freight and got the pressure pot like that they use for paint sprayers. Mm. And I converted it over to work for stabilizing wood. Nice. I'm sketched out by it because it's from Harbor Freight, so it's all made of Chineseium. And so I've got it like underneath the bench in the back of the shop with a steel plate blocking the outlet to the bench. So if it explodes, it at least will hit something before shrapnel flies into the shop. <laughs> Damn. Well, at least you're prepared. Yeah, when, I, when I first put pressure to it, it was like creaking and cracking and shit. Like, I'm like, what are you pressuring it up to? 40 PSI. Wow. So I'm yeah, within enough to pop. Yeah. The, the pots rated for 60 PSI. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I was figuring probably be okay with 40, but it works. I've got one batch of cherry already through it and it works. Nice. It makes a big difference. Cause you know how like <clears throat> usually they say like, if you have it under vacuum for a week, you have to let it soak for two weeks mm-hmm. from what I, from what I've been told, the pressure pot takes out that second like cycle. So instead of two weeks, you only need to let it soak under pressure for like four days. Hmm. So if you're going a week, are you going a week solid? Are you doing like a day and letting it sit a day and then doing it a day and letting it sit? No, I'm letting it run the whole time. Just continuous a week straight. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder your pump's fucked up. Yeah. I need a good one. <laughs> How many blocks can you do at a time like that? Depends on the size of your chamber, really. Yeah. Just how many can fit in there, huh? Yeah, mine is my vacuum chamber is three gallon, and then my pressure pot's two and a half. Hmm. So nice, but cactus juice is expensive. Yeah. Well, cool. So, what you been up to, Jared? I don't really know you, so uh, I think today is the first. I know today is the first time I've ever talked to you. I've looked at your stuff on Instagram a little bit, but I know you're just kind of getting started recently. Why don't you tell yeah. the world a little bit about you? Well, I kind of started down the rabbit hole about two years ago, I guess. Uh, I used to travel welding as a oil and gas pipeline welder. Uh, I started as a helper when I was 19 and did that for about two, three years. And I welded up until February of this year. Um, I got married last year and me and my wife, we have a one and a half year old little boy. So... I decided to take a local job uh, at a scrapyard, an old welding buddy of mine owns, and uh, I run equipment for him and do a few other things. And uh, on my off time, I have been dabbling in knife making and blacksmithing. Uh, I've got a power hammer that I built uh, with John Paraloo over in Louisiana. I did that back in April. And, uh, I've built some, I built a revolution about a year and a half ago. And then I just here recently, I built three revolutions that I had intended on raffling off. Uh, well, one, one of which I'm raffling off one I have set up for a trade deal 
uh, I'm trading a milling machine for one of them. And then one, I, I plan on selling outright, but I'm currently raffling one off on Instagram. Um, if you all want to check it out over there, I'm selling a total of 80 tickets. Um, I'm running the raffle the whole month of September. Uh, I've sold 20 so far. I'm also doing a free giveaway. Basically you tag three friends on the official giveaway post on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, I'm giving away two tickets this week because I actually hit 900 followers. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing that every month until – or, I'm sorry, every week until uh, the month of October. So Nice. Yeah. So you're, you built three. Yes. You're raffling one, you're trading one, mm-hmm. and you're selling one. That's right. So there must be a fourth somewhere in that shop. Yeah, so the first one that I – had built a year and a half ago. That's one that I'm keeping for myself personally. Um, if you look on my Instagram page, it's the one that I had recently uh, built an attachment holder on the table that the grinder sits on. Mm-hmm. That's my my personal one that I'm going to keep. I wish I could keep you know another one, but between it and I'm bought, I'm also bought uh, Beck's Armory. 12 inch disc grinder that I uh, still have to put together. I'm going to do it here pretty soon after I get this milling machine unloaded. The guy was supposed to come today, but he had to reschedule for next week. So uh, once I get that taken care of, I'm going to bust it open and I've got a VFD and the 12 inch disc and everything in house to put it together. Probably make, I want to, I want to start trying to do some YouTube videos. So uh, I might, might do a video on putting it together and, stuff yeah that stuff from from richard beck you know is badass so you can go over check out his website beckarmory.com and uh get yourself a shredder ryan's got one it's a beast of a machine and uh i've got the pedestal too yeah yeah the whole kit so now you just need to get the disc disc grinder yep i've got the ba shredder well i guess they're not shredder i don't know beck's armory forge burners and they yeah. are intense. So, yeah, anything you need like that, he's got it covered. So make sure yeah. you go check him out and use what is the code, Ryan? Hustle ten. Hustle ten. He wanted to keep it the same as uh, Phoenix Abrasives. Yeah, and that's like ten dollars off, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, use that code and get ten bucks off whatever you buy. I'd like to get one of those uh, Bex Armory uh, full tang handle jigs. Oh yeah. Yep. Those look handy. I've got one. I haven't put it together yet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do a lot of chef knives and, uh, I've, I've kind of like, so I use like pistol grip clamps, the cheap ones from Harbor freight. Right. But when, if you squeeze them too tight, you'll actually flex the blade. Ooh. And so it won't be in there straight. So like mm. I have to, I use a copper pipe and I hold the blade straight when I get, yeah, it's a big pain in the dick. <laughs> so I bought, I bought one of those cause that should eliminate all that. Yeah. Um, but I haven't put it together yet. Too much time. Yeah. Time is like really hard to find nowadays. For sure. I have like a 15 page project list. Yeah, me too. So I, get, I just, I sold a couple of my projects just, like really ones that I really wanted to do, but I knew like I'm never going to have the time or money to do those. So you're full time, right? Ryan? Uh, I'm like three quarter time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like my day job kind of fell out from underneath me. So like I'm barely staying afloat with knives. So I'm like in this weird, stressful limbo. Yeah. Um, so if anybody wants to buy a knife, hit up Ryan Chab or knifeworks.com. Definitely. Or shoot me a message. Yeah. You definitely um, do some great work. I was watching that, uh, really you put out earlier of, I guess, one of your customers cleaning some fish with one of your fly knives. Oh yeah. That was Todd Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. looks like a knife fillet knife for sure. I appreciate that, man. I actually hated that knife. Yeah. Yeah. He knows it too. I mean, Todd makes blades too, but you're crazy, Ryan. I think at some point you kind of hate <laughs> all of them because you know, you're just ready to be kind of done with it sometimes, you know? Yeah, there have been one or two where I was like, damn, I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, like, some other ones, you like, it didn't come out how you had envisioned it originally, so then you naturally kind of hate it. But sometimes that works out. Like, I don't know. It's weird, man. Creating shit's weird. Yeah. It can't, it can't awesome. be perfect because you, you got to strive to do better, right? Yeah, that Mike Jones told me one time that we're not robots, if people wanted a perfect knife, they'd buy a $30 factory one that will yeah, fucking just be get a one from shit. Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Like people buy handmade knives because it's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Every one of them is different. Right. Right now I'm also doing a batch of EDC knives. Uh, one of my old welding buddies of mine, he hit me up. He, uh, he quit welding a couple years ago and started a dirt, uh, dirt moving company, you know, land clearing and whatnot. And I guess they're fixing to finish up a big job. So he wants me to make 10, uh, EDC knives with leather sheaths and stuff. I actually haven't went down the rabbit hole of doing leather yet either. So I reached out to a local maker guy named John Bradley. He's going to be doing all the leather work for me. And, uh, I'm going to stone wash them, acid etch. I, I built a, uh, jig like you've got for uh stone washing blades just like beat yeah. cones and all that i, bu- I built it a while back I-, I had actually gotten it from uh Redbeard ops uh his video on youtube but yeah i'm i'm excited about it i got all 10 of them profiled right now next i'm gonna drill holes uh i'm gonna do a mosaic pin in the center i had actually gotten from lawrence lake over at maritime uh, nice. I got the uh, bear claw, uh, duck hunter, the fisherman, and then I got the buck. So I'll do different pins on all of them. They'll all have different handles, but the overall profile of each of them will be similar. But like you said, not all of them are going to be the exact same. Yeah. I love orders like that. Uh, the last order I picked up was four matching EDCs mm-hmm. and I give big discounts if somebody orders something like that, just because I feel like it takes me so much less time to make a ton of identical blades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm doing like six blades and they're all different grinds, different steels, different sizes, you know what I mean? It really slows me down. But if you're doing like four, four inch blade EDCs in a row, right. It it seems to go pretty quick. Yeah. I'm, I've been thinking about how I was going to kind of do the process if I wanted to run like five through and then come back and finish up the other five. But I think I'm just going to kind of do it all at the same time. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten a heat treat oven yet, so I'm going to 
be heat treating everything out of the forge, but I do have some parts 50. So, uh, I, I kept a couple, uh, cut pieces from whenever I was cutting out all the blanks and, uh, I'm going to heat treat those and kind of do, you know, like one normalization on one and two, you know, two normalizations on another and then kind of different heats, uh, and kind of look at the grain structure and see what works best before I actually heat treat the knives, you know? I built my oven. Nice. Yeah. I had the opportunity like a week ago to get a 36 inch deep Paragon, Ooh. but I backed out of the deal. I felt bad. I'm not usually that guy that is like, yeah, I'll buy it and then backs out. But, right. um, like I was scrambling to come up with the money. I was like, if I'm scrambling to come up with the money, then maybe I should use that money somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I don't, I don't need a 30. I mean, I do need a 36 inch deep oven. That'd be a badass. Yeah. I've always wanted to make swords, but I've got an oven that works. I mean, it's this right here behind me. How deep is it? Uh, that one, the max I can do is 15 and a half, and I have to go corner to corner. It's, it's a good size blade. Yeah, I can do chef knives and pretty much any most anything else. That's cool. Um, yeah. So but, how did how did you figure out how to build it? A lot of YouTube, a lot of internet searching, and then a lot of math. Yeah. Cause you, you got to figure out how much power you want to draw. And then you got to figure out how many ohms you want the coil to be. And then from there, you got to figure out like what diameter of the coil will make it that ohms for the length you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of figuring that goes into it, but I built three of them now. So wow. I've got it pretty down. That's cool. Yeah. So Jason brought up a good point. He goes, if I wanted a longer oven, I could just build one. Yeah. Yeah, you obviously so, know how to do it. You've done it before. A few times. Seems to be working pretty good. Yeah, it does. It's got a temperature swing of about 10 degrees. That's not bad. Yeah. No, so I set the I set the PID, like, so if it needs to be 1925, I'll set it at 1935, because it'll come up to 1935 and stop, and then go down to, like, 1925. And then kick back on, so it swings a little bit. I think there's probably some airflow in there. But it's homemade. What do you want? What do you want from me? How hot yeah. does it get on the outside? Um, the door and the top, which are the two thin parts, I could cook an egg on. Oh wow! Like it? Yeah. Like don't touch it. <laughs> I, I wrote, I get hot on the front and the top. Yeah, I remember you telling <laughs> me that now. Yeah, because the sides, the bricks are laying flat, so they're four inches wide. So the walls are four inches deep on the sides, but then they're only two inch, two and a half to whatever on the top and the door. Yeah, it looks sturdy as shit. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, dude. It's heavy as fuck. I was that's I was just looking at the handles. Like it must be legit. You got to weld handles on there. The handles are for the top. Like a treasure chest or something. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it kind of does look like a treasure chest. The, I made the top removable. Because if a blade touches the coil, the coil blows, and then you got to change it. Ah. And my my first oven was a skinny chamber, but it was deep. And the only way to change the coil was to break the oven apart. Oh, no. Yeah, so I scrapped that, and then I built this this one with a removable top. Nice. So Sweet. if I blow a coil, I just unhook the thermocouple, take the top off, change the coil, spin up a new one, and... Call it a day. Yeah. It draws about 3,600 watts. 
you got some coils kind of made up, ready to go just in case, or you got to make it on the fly? I got a roll of the wire. I bought a spare. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, I still have the jig and the rod and everything. I just put it in my vise and hook it in the drill and make the coil. And it's wired for 220? Yeah, that one's 220. Yeah. Some guys, you can do them in 120, but... Like, my coil is one long coil, so it would technically be in series. Mm. And But the 121s, you have to do in parallel because of the way Ohm's Law works. Um, they're a little bit more complicated, I guess, mm. mathematically. But I'm sure once you figure it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Brian House has the best video on wiring up the relays and like the whole electrical box with the controller yeah. and everything. He's right. got a video on how he built that box for his kiln. Mm-hmm. Like he has an old pottery kiln that he converted and it's the best possible video you could ever make on wiring that box up. It goes step by step. This wire goes here. This wire goes here. This wire goes here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of guys, they'll just make like a video of them doing it and expect you to know. Mm-hmm. Right. No, Brian walks you through the entire process. It's perfect. Yeah, he's the one who walked me through wiring up my first VFD. Yeah, first time I me tried to, to hook one up, I got in the middle of it and I was like, "Okay, this picture doesn't make any sense at all. What the fuck?" And I was scared to death I was going to hook something up in the wrong spot, you know. And then that's just it. So I called him up, and he was more than happy to to talk me through it. Well, yeah, between yeah. the motor and the VFD, you're looking at eight, nine hundred dollars if you have a K back twenty seven D. Yep, I think that's what I got. Yeah, now if it's a two horse motor, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a twenty seven. Mine's a, I had to get a twenty nine because my motor's three horse. Ooh, <laughs> well, I I thought I'd be a big dick when I bought it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll get a three-horse and then all the power I'll ever need. Yeah, and it doesn't matter because even the 29 K-Beck, it's only rated for, I think it's two-horse max Yeah, on 220-volt power, something like that. What's the price difference? Like, is it – it might be cheaper. I don't know because with everybody building grinders nowadays, that's, you know, the go-to. Unless How if much you're is gonna, it? Uh, I haven't looked recently, but last time I looked, they're four hundred dollars. Yeah, I think I think this is like four seventy nine. Ooh, yeah, it might be a little more expensive. I'm not too sure. I, who knows? Now you know they're probably five or six hundred dollars. Who? Yeah, the way things the way are going. Things going. Damn, yeah. I didn't know they were that much. Yeah, yeah. I had a hundred dollar Chinese one at first. The ninety nine dollar Amazon special. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I used it for a year, not enclosed. Ooh. I didn't build a box for it. I just, I, I was running it. It exploded one day when I was grinding the bevel. Oh, man. But it lasted a year. Yeah. That's not bad. So, I mean, if somebody, if they weren't lazy like me and built an enclosure for it, it should probably last quite a long time, I imagine. Yeah. I, I was planning on, I have one as well. And I'm planning on enclosing it in a ammo can like Brian does, you know. And uh, that's what I'm going to use to run the disc grinder. Yeah. Uh, the thing I liked about that those Chinese ones 
is they're more programmable than the K-backs. Huh. Like, like K-backs, if you open up your box, you've got like seven little dials up on the inside that you need a Phillips head screwdriver to turn. Yeah. And those are your adjustments. So you can fine-tune your box. But the Chinese ones, they've got like two pages of different codes that you can put into it to change like the variations on everything for it, I guess. Wow. Um, it was more than I, I set the basic stuff. Somebody said, set this one to number 20, blah, 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 um, just to make it work. Um, but I guess if you understand how they operate, they're pretty uh, modifiable or what adjustable. Would, whatever. Maybe yeah. I'm retarded. Like, what would you need to adjust? Well, you can, like, double your hertz. So that, like, puts more power to the motor, I guess. You get a little yeah. more speed, but it's hard on the motor. Um, uh, like on my K, on my K back, so you can adjust the low setting. So when it's all the way, when the knob's all the way down, you can set it so the belt won't turn at all. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like whatever the how fast you want it to be on the lowest setting, and oh. then the next one over is the high, and you can set it how fast you want it to go on the high. So, like, mine, when I first put that K back on and the 7-inch wheel, because I did it at the same time, that motherfucker was cooking. Mm. Like, I was I was afraid to go near it when it was turned on. So that, you know, I had to back stuff off. And then when I built the tumbler for the stone washing, um, on the lowest setting, it was spinning too fast. So you get, like, that Gravitron effect where it sticks to the side of the tube. Yeah. So so I had to go back in and turn that down so it would spin just fast enough to tumble it. So that's cool too. Plus, K backs are totally waterproof. You can you can pressure wash them. Wow. My tumbler kind of has that issue as well. Now that you're talking about it, like if I turn it down low enough to where it doesn't kind of like slosh around, where it sticks to the side, like you're saying. It, it either sloshes or it doesn't run at all. There's like no in between. So yeah. I wonder if, uh, wonder if I can adjust that like you're saying. Yeah, that might help. Uh, Tortuga Bladeworks sent me a video of his tumbler setup. Uh-huh. And it's a concrete vibrator unit on the bottom of a metal tank that's suspended from like heavy mattress or like uh, trampoline springs. That's what yeah. they look like anyways. And he turns that thing on, and it just shakes shakes the shit out of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He said it's super loud, but I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. We got to get him back on the podcast again one of these days. Yeah, we do. Last time he was on, when we were finished, he then sent me some text messages saying, oh, man, next time I come on, or I should have talked about this or that or whatever. And he had some cool ass stories that he didn't tell. He left us hanging. So <laughs> we gotta get him back on and hear some of those. Yeah. Chris Magnus too. Yeah, he's a we nut. Gotta, we gotta do the story time with Chris Magnus. Yeah. I did see a another knife maker instead of doing the threaded PVC plug plug cap like we do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get those plumber plugs and where I was pipeline, we called them foreman plugs, but it's basically like a rubber plug. And instead of having that threaded cap, cause I don't know about yours, but sometimes, uh, 
it'll kind of leak some WD-40. So yeah, if leak. you use that Foreman plug, it'll seal it off all the way around. I thought that was pretty neat. Oh, is that those, uh, like, locking stoppers? Yes, sir. They, they go inside the pipe, and you, like, crank a lobe, and yeah. it locks it in place? That's it. Yeah, no, I saw that the other day. I thought that was pretty slick. That is a good idea. That's what they use in the uh, cactus juice stabilizing containers that like, turn tech cells. Yeah, I the think st- that's where he got the idea from because he stabilizes his own wood too. Yeah. I might, I might have to pick one of them up. Yeah. I got WD-40 all over the place when I was doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. And I was I was thinking, I mean, you could use Teflon, but you'd have to re-Teflon it every, every time. Yeah, for sure. Jason's going to take a pee break. <laughs> we can talk shit about him while he's going. Yeah, he can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> Him wearing yeah. that stupid muscle shirt. You're, you you're making a muscle. Bowie right now, right? Making two of them, actually. Nice. A big one and a little one. Um, Is it going to be first... like a threaded takedown? Uh, no, I'm not going to do a through tank because it, it's stainless, so I don't have anything to weld the rod on. Ah, uh, I got you. But I am going to pin it, and usually I don't I don't pin my hidden tang knives because they're wah style. So there's a lot of new things for me in this. It's my, the first recurve blade I've ever done. It's the first buoy I've ever done. It's the first uh, metal guard I've ever done. The, the guard's going to be wrought iron. Nice. Um, and then it's the first hidden tang where the tang isn't straight. It's got that like curve to it. Yeah, it's gonna be tricky. Yep. So we'll figure it out. But nothing risked, nothing gained. So that's right. I I made so the big one is for um, Hans Molen Camp, and I made a smaller version of it to do first, just to like because I don't want to do the first one and have it be his knife and it come out all wonky and fucked up. So I figured I'll do a smaller one, practice on that. If that comes out good, I'll sell it and then get to work on the bigger one. Yeah, I I saw the, the blank for it the other day in one of your reels. It, it's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, being, I'm right outside of San Antonio, so we got the Alamo right here, and uh, Bowie is pretty important down here so i i definitely plan on making some at some point yeah the pictures he sent me were of traditional ones and they had like you know like the plain straight guard that doesn't have any shape to it it's just like a rounded off rectangular piece of steel or piece of brass and like a plain jane looking handle and kind of a cookie cutter bowie yeah and i was like uh I'll do something a little more slick looking. A little cooler. Yeah, something that doesn't look so Pakistani. <laughs> what kind of handle material are you going to put on it? So the guard's going to be wrought iron, and then I haven't decided what the spacer is going to be yet. I have a piece of mammoth tooth, but I've been hesitant to use it, and I don't even know if it's big enough for this. So I'm thinking like maybe a thin piece of canvas micarta and some burl. I don't know which kind though. I can figure out what color he wants. 
Yeah. I've heard that Mammoth is pretty chippy. Um, there's a knife making group that I'm in. It's called uh, Brush Country Knife Makers of South Texas, something like that. It's on Facebook, but they have a, a monthly kind of get together where they'll kind of show off different uh, techniques and whatnot. Whenever I went, uh, they had done leather dyeing, and there was an older man there named Steve Schreer. Uh, I believe he's from Alice, Texas, but he was talking about that mammoth mammoth tusk, and it's, I guess, you, you got to be pretty easy with it because it'll chip and break. It sure stinks. Easily. Yeah, it stinks. Does it? I've been told it stinks. I haven't used it yet. This is the only piece I've got. Um, I'm really hesitant to use it because I hate using antler. Mm-hmm. Like I had a shitload of moose antler and I traded it for handle material because I, that's how much I don't like grinding stag. Like I'll grind my car all day long. I, I don't want to grind antler for 20 minutes. It's gross. Well, yeah. Ma- Mammoth tooth is the same stink for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been told it's even a little worth worse, but yeah. The when I I've got it. is really pretty, so I don't know. But I'm thinking micarta. I just I like how micarta looks as a spacer. Mm. You know what I mean? When I used that mammoth, um, it was just a spacer and some scales I got from Sharky. And uh, it was on that Ninja Turtle set, so there was four of them. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, it, it worked fine. I didn't have any problems with it trying to chip or crack or nothing. And obviously I used good sharp belts, but, you know, it, it worked pretty dang good. He stabilizes his stuff too. That probably makes a difference. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So know. you got him from uh, Flying Shark Knives. Yeah, you said. Yep. Yeah, that dude does some crazy work. He's a madman. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, his his reels are hilarious. I like that purple jacket that he's always wearing in some of them. It's pretty pretty goofy. I like it. Yeah, fucking looks like Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, he's a nut. Mhm. Mhm. But you think it's that time for the Patreon spotlight? The fuck was that? Uh, that you want me to lie to you? Tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so me, me and my wife, we have a. Uh, and only you know, what, you know what a sugar glider is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like these little flying squirrels. And uh, we have four of them. And uh, my computer room is actually in the same room as them. So that was one of them getting, I guess, a little upset or saying hello or something. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We had one of those little fuckers for a couple of days. We were on the back porch one time, and this thing literally fell out of the tree onto the porch. Really? Like just fell out of the tree. Wow. And I looked at it and I'm like, is that a is that a mouse? Is it like an albino squirrel? What the hell is that thing? And it just sat there and I walked over to it and it just walked right into my hand. Wow. But I think what it happened because it only lived for like three days. Yeah. And I think it had gotten sick or something or someone knew, you know, because they're not wild animals. Someone probably no. knew that it was going to die and they just turned it loose. That's the only explanation I can think of for it being outside Ending up in my yard. Right. But anyway. Time for the Patreon Spotlight. Brought to you by Maritime Knife Supply. 
That's Lawrence Lake at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, and he's got everything you need for knife making. I was just looking at his site a few minutes ago, and he's got voodoo resin scales in a million different colors. That's just another one of those things that he sells along to go to go along with everything. He's got Kydex stuff now. He's got heat treat ovens. He's got everything. So make sure you go check out Maritime Knife Supply. All right, we're going to go through the list. Donnie Dulovich, knifematerial.at, Aru Blade Works, our short fat friend, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, BexArmory.com, Todd Harrington at TH Blades, Dennis Tyrell, Trox Claire Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell at Pater Nostri Fabrica, Lawrence at Maritime Knife Supply, Dustin Driver at Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp, Jared at Echo Blades, Eric at Sour Wood Creations, Bremner Built Knives, Snake Branch Knife Works, Darren at Stormlight Forge, and Chris Magnus at Timber Tiger Forge. Thank you to all of our Patreons who help us support this show and keep it going. And uh, all of that money that we get from that each month goes towards paying for the production cost of this lovely show. So we got 22 of them. Hit random generate. Number 16. And obviously, you know, I haven't wrote this down yet. So we got to go back and count. One, two, three, like four, five, six, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Brian Henningkamp. I thought that sounded familiar too, but we, we haven't done, uh, haven't done Brian yet. Over at Tortuga Blade Works. Yeah. We were just talking about him. Super awesome guy. Dude, his knives are so... I'm so jealous. <laughs> Brian, you're so good, you suck. So good, you suck. I'm just kidding. Your work's phenomenal. It is, dude. See, he puts these fullers in the backs of his drop points, kind of like I do with my chef knives. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a tapered fuller. Mm. It looks like a bullet. It's freaking awesome. But everything on his page is just cool as shit. His so, photography skills are pretty good, too. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm looking at that uh, chef's knife with the lemons and limes and the green handle on it. It looks like a magazine-style picture. Yeah, dude. I'm looking at this uh, drop point, or clip point, I guess is what you would call it. And he's got segmented scales in the top half is canvas micarta with canvas micarta pins, and then the bottom half is dyed burl with paper micarta pins. And that thing is sick. He posted that on April Fool's Day. I'm looking at the same one, I think. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, some of the laminates that he does, they're all crazy. I'm looking at his page right now. I, I saw the Jason Knight style elemental chopper. I, I don't know if y'all have uh, watched any of those videos yet, but I I plan on building a chopper similar to it. I, uh, I'm a patron of his, and uh, he Jason does some crazy work in that uh that forge series is pretty interesting he's teaches a lot of really cool forging techniques 
Jason Knight. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the the like upper echelon of knife makers. Most definitely. Damn. Yeah, everybody go and check out Brian at Tortuga for I, sure. I'm sorry, I'm just like mesmerized in his Facebook page right I now. am too. I'm watching the video of him drop a tomato on a big ass Nakiri and it's just like hypnotizing. Brian, shoot me a DM after you hear this and let me give me some pointers on what you do for your photography. Are you using a cell phone, a tripod, what kind of camera? Um I need a legit camera. Because my cell phone just don't fucking cut it. Yeah, and then copy and paste that message and send it to me if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, I have a <laughs> GoPro Hero 9, and I should have listened to Tyrell Knifeworks because he told me not to buy it. And uh, I should have listened. Sorry, Dennis. I didn't listen. <laughs> I should have listened. All right. Well, that was the Patreon Spotlight. Make sure you go check out Brian at Tortuga Blade Works. And definitely, definitely go check out Lawrence um, at Maritime Knife Supply. He's got awesome prices. He's got a little bit of everything. So if you need something for your shop, there is a really good chance that you can get it at Maritime Knife Supply. You were talking about that voodoo resin. Uh, There's a guy on Instagram that I follow. It's Hensley Handmade Knives. I don't know if you guys follow him too. Yeah, I do. But he did that test video of the voodoo scales and the amount of flex and everything that you can do on those scales is crazy. Yeah, he was like chucking them up in the air in his driveway. I don't think yeah, that, that. That was me, Jason. I was bumping into my the thing that my thing is on. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. I thought there's a, there's a rattle that happens in here when the air conditioner comes on. The ceiling oh. tile vibrates. That's the reason I got up a minute ago. I had to go click the air off, but it just turned back on, and the ceiling's rattling. Oh, no, I can't hear it. Oh, that's good. Where are you from, Jason? South Georgia. South Georgia? Mm-hmm. In the swamps. Nice. Yeah, I, I live on a swamp, like literally, but I'm in a yeah. fancy-ass studio that's like y'all, five y'all minutes Do you have gators miles. over that away or no? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a there's a couple. of. If you scroll back on my Instagram to last summer, there's mm-hmm. a few gator pictures there. I mean, I had one in the yard I was skinning, so why not put a JK blade in his mouth and take some pictures? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you all hunt them over there like they do in Louisiana? Uh, very similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never hunted Louisiana, but we don't hang them up in trees on the river. Uh, right. There's just... The, the swamp population here is a lot more than the river population. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much go walk the swamps on foot. Ooh. Yeah. You look crazy. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> All you need is a rifle and, I mean, take a frog gig with you. You're guaranteed to catch some dinner on the way to looking for the alligators. Yeah. Dude, we don't have any lizards here. No, we've got like we, 11, we got, 12 footers. we got salamanders. Little tiny salamanders you find under dead logs. Oh, yeah. And frogs. That's about it. You got bullfrogs? I don't know what kind of frog they are. We got little frogs, big frogs. <laughs> we Bull, eat bullfrogs bull here. Real loud. Real loud we, frogs. We eat them yeah. here. Yeah. No, they're good. I, I grew up eating them. I, I was born in Missouri, 
And uh, once I started traveling, I moved down here. And now I live, like I said, just outside of San Antonio. And uh, I grew up eating a lot of frog legs. They're good eating. Yeah. Sure. I've never had frog legs. We've got turtles, too. we got turtles. Forgot about them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's normal to catch frog legs like they're frogs the size of both of my hands put together. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up two handers before. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all gig them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, neat. It's neat how that light will just kind of paralyze them like that, right? Yeah, they will not move, and that's fun too. Yeah, because I mean, they they can't hurt you. You know what I mean? You're in the swamp and you see these eyeballs, and you just go for it. They're not yeah. going to bite you. Like the worst case is they jump away from you. Yeah, so. down here on the coast, uh, they have flounder, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll go flounder gigging. And I'm wanting to go on a guide sometime soon. And do that they'll go in the night same same kind of deal basically with a bow fishing boat mm-hmm. with a light on the front of it and you just gig flounder yeah that'd be fun for yeah. sure the fuck is gigging <laughs> <laughs> so Imagine a frog like gig trident. yeah a frog gig is like a like a broom handle pretty much like mm-hmm. a six or eight foot handle i like them a little shorter about six foot but it's just got four prongs on the end of it, and each one has a barb, like a fish hook. Yep. So once you stick them, they're stuck. Uh, we just go pick them up with our hands. Do that, too. Yeah. But we don't have gators. Like, you guys got gators. That yeah, could... you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> you wouldn't want to yeah. do it then, probably. Well, they're not. I mean, we do have gators, absolutely. But they're not. We're not swarms with them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not going to run into an alligator every single time you go out. Hmm. Yeah, fuck all that. Slimy, creepy crawlies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big frog. Yeah, yeah that, that is a big frog. That one's legs are almost as wide as my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> and you can <laughs> see my arms are bent in that picture, so it's not like I'm holding it way out in front of me towards the camera to make it look bigger. Right. Yeah, tons of fun there. Huh. There's a whole tailgate full of them. I've never eaten frog. I've eaten deer, bear, ostrich, snails, clams, I, lobster. Support Maine Lobster, by the way, everybody. I don't give a fuck what any of them fucking PETA organizations say. <laughs> support Maine Lobster fishermen. I don't know if you guys have seen all that. Mm-mm. What's going on? It sounds like something. Some, some like seafood equivalent of PETA red listed lobster. Mm-hmm. So that so uh, Hello Fresh and Blue Apron are now boycotting Maine Lobster. Why? Wow. They can suck a fat dick. Is why. I mean, that's a huge, huge part of the Maine economy here. Lobster fishermen work hard. And they're good people, and they don't need some yuppie fuckhead from California telling them that they can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd hate to see what I do to crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's sustainable too. I mean, there's laws in place. It's not like they're taking. It's not like they're strip mining the ocean floor for lobster. Yeah, you know what I mean. They lay traps out. The lobster climb in the traps. The size limits. They can't be too big. They can't be too small. Like, it's ridiculous. 
What is that, Jason? It's a gator. That's about a nine foot alligator. Dude, fuck Ooh, that, we... man. <laughs> I'll you take walked up on any him? day. There's a JK blade in his mouth, propping him open. Y'all walked up on him? Yeah. In the swamp? Yep. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, everybody thinks we're nuts that isn't from here. It's, just, it's, it's very yeah. normal. Well, I ain't going to say very normal. But there's plenty of people here that do it. And, I mean, I just grew up doing it. Right. So it's kind of just normal for me. Well, it's kind of like down here, uh, they'll go out with dogs and catch hogs. Big, yep. you know, three, four-inch tusks on them. Go up and stab them with a damn bowie knife. And uh, just for fun. Yeah. I know I, I worked with a bunch of guys that would do that. And I've always wanted to go. I haven't gotten the chance yet, but. I thought that was pretty crazy. I did that one time. There's a lot of people around here that are big into dog hunting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, running the dogs to catch the pigs. But I did it one time, man, and it was not very long into the hunt. I realized I am too old and too fat to be trying to keep up with four pit bulls running through the woods. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not built for it. Right. Have you all ever seen the videos where they'll go out with a helicopter? And Dude, I want to do that so bad. I don't even like doing <laughs> shit. Yeah. And that just looks so fun. Yeah. The infrared yeah. stuff at night. Them feral hogs are just tearing up, you know, all that land and eating everybody's crops. Yeah. You know, you might as well. Uh, it's expensive, though, I think. Uh, what, my best man at my wedding, he wants to take me. And uh, I think it's like two or $3,000 to go up for like an hour. Whew. Yeah. That seems a little excessive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I told my buddy. I was like, man, we ain't got to do that, you know. He's like, oh, I want to do it. Well, I'll just take the cash, man. Just give me the cash. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? Do like yeah. five yeah. fun things for that much money. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's other things included than just the hunt. And, uh, you know, the hunting part. There's probably lodging and all kinds of other stuff. Not yeah, they sure, usually but... feed you and stuff like that. You'd think for two or 3000 you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least. But if you're only going up for an hour, that's like a day trip. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna land for lunch, right? Hmm. Eat what you kill. Hell yeah! Land in the field and just eat whatever you just shot. Any time I kill an animal, like a a big game animal, no matter if it's a deer, a hog, whatever, the day that it's killed, we grill a chunk of the backstrap. Oh yeah! Like that is for just sure. the most delicious meat. Mm-hmm. It don't get any fresher than that. Dude, I know I don't like killing stuff, but I was out back getting some bricks the other day on my mower, and the deer around here, they don't care. Like, they, they're not afraid of humans. Mm. There's a buck back there who's got to be at least a nine-pointer, ten-pointer. He's fucking huge. And I'm just trotting along on my on my freaking mower and... I pull over to where the bricks are stacked out back and like I look over and he's just standing there staring at me and I'm like, Oh my god. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I might get my license this year. <laughs> I'd have to smoke him. He's literally walking distance behind my house. Damn. My buddy my buddy came over with a drone the other day and was like test driving his drone in the field behind my house. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to get drone. me a drone. Dude, that thing is so cool. I want one to take like overhead pictures of like the properties we're working on with the tractor business. His will go. He has it 
he can set like how high it'll go max because over 400 feet and it has to be registered with the FAA. Mm-hmm. So his is set at like 380. So like it just takes off, flies itself, goes straight up in the air, 380 feet. He's got like a controller with a screen on it and he's watching the cameras and he just flies it around. Yeah. Sounds like a giant mosquito. I want one of those things, dude. I had one one time, but I bought it for like 40 bucks and it was like the size of a paper plate, you know, not real big, but not one of them little teeny tiny ones. And it claimed to have a camera in it, which it looked like a camera, but it was just a little cheap piece of crap thing. But the very first time I went to fly it, like I flew it around the yard, like eight feet tall or whatever, but went over to my parents' house and went to fly it up, you know, like way high. There's not many trees and stuff over there. That fucker just went up and would not stop going up. I turned the controller off, back on, like pulled the button all the way down. It just got stuck in upward and just disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) It never came back. I never saw it again. His was like 1200 bucks, I think he said. And it's got like features on it. Like it's so far away, you can't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, but it's got like if it goes too far, it'll automatically return back to the controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Auto homing. Yeah. It's got an auto home function. Um, it's got a tracking function. So like he was hoping to find a deer out back, but we didn't see any. But you can like, so if somebody's walking, or a deer or whatever you want to watch, you can circle it on the screen and it'll lock onto it and follow it. Yeah. I've seen that before. Like, uh, a lot of those people that do the, like motorcycles through the mountains, you know, all them sharp turns and all that stuff. They got that like drone right behind them the whole time. Yeah. That's pretty they got cool. The lock function. Yeah. You get, it'll do like circles around whatever mm-hmm. it's supposed to be filming. And like, dude, it was badass. Uh, I'm like, I can't, I can't justify spending twelve hundred bucks on a drone, but if I could, yeah, I would have one of those. I don't really need one that fancy. I just want to take some overhead pictures at like two hundred feet. I'll send you a video later that he sent me of him flying over the field out behind my house. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Talking about drones uh, for my bachelor party, we uh, we went on a shark fishing guide, and this guy he had a drone, and they would hook the hook and the bait onto that drone and then they'll fly it out you know a half mile or so off the beach and then drop your drop your bait well it was their first time sending the first drone out and i guess the coast guard can shut those drones off uh some way anyhow he made it maybe like a quarter mile out past the third wave break and this sucker just shuts off, free falls into the middle of the ocean. Uh, fishing. So the guide is freaking out, dude. And he, he takes this kayak, and the waves are just coming in. He's trying to get out there on the kayak, and he can't make it through the waves. So he finds, finally just uh, says, screw it, and jumps off the kayak and takes off swimming out there and swims out there and gets the damn thing. But, yeah, I guess it was like two grand uh, for that drone. But they're waterproof, you know. So yeah. at least got it back, but that that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I bet having a function that can pick something up and release it, you know, that's that's got to add some cost in it too. Yeah. That's what Amazon wants to do. Dude, that's like skeet shooting with prizes. Right? Yeah. There's no way that that'll happen down here. They will get shot down, I guarantee it. 
Well, yeah, they sell those uh, those like nets, like a kind of like a flare gun or whatever. Yeah, but it shoots it to catch drones. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, you do that and just take the package and release the drone. Like I don't know, it just ran out of gas right here. weird i saw something the other day on the news it was uh it was a real thing i can't remember where it was but it was walmart and they got these they look like styrofoam airplane type deals and they're delivering packages within like a 10 mile radius and it's this giant slingshot looking thing that launches them off the fucking roof Holy shit! but they're guided to i guess on timers or whatever to where they huh. just drop in the person's yard and the little plane thing that takes it is, like, disposable. So you just, like, when it lands, you just throw that part away. I thought that was pretty neat. It's real neat. Like an artillery shell coming in or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a little wind gust would throw that thing off, though. We're yeah. so fucked. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this next generation is screwed. It's just going to get worse. Oh, my God. People don't even make their own meals anymore. They have pre-made meals mailed yeah. to their house. I'm like, yeah. What? When when was that meal made? Who made that? It's the you city, know? man. It's the city. Yeah, it's it's yeah. something. But, I, well, I didn't get a garden up this year, but next year I am for sure. We did one. Yeah. Grow my own veggies. My garden didn't, didn't do very well this year. For a long time. Yeah, we didn't get the regular... Harvest that we're used to this year for sure didn't do very good. But well, did y'all get quite a bit of rain? We there was probably a month or two straight we didn't get a single drop, and it was just hotter than hell. Oh well, it, it was definitely hot as hell. We I guess our rain was about average. It wasn't no more no. or less really. Now nah, we've been in a drought all year up here. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how some places get all the rain in the world, and other places don't get none. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it be sometimes. Yes, sir. Before we wrap this thing up, Ryan, uh, where do you get belts from? Like, if you wanted a belt, a brand spanking new awesome one to put on a, a shredder grinder, where would you get a belt? Me personally, I would go to phoenixabrasives.com. Yeah. And while I was there, I would use the promo code HUSTLE10 to get 10% off the entire order. So, that I mean, sounds that's like an awesome idea. Cool. Yeah, if you're ordering a lot, even if you're not ordering a lot, I mean, it's basically you order a hundred bucks worth, that's free shipping. Yeah, you order five hundred bucks worth, that's fifty bucks off. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good chunk. Yeah, it I, don't take many belts to hit five hundred bucks either. I don't normally order less than a hundred dollars worth. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, Jared, we appreciate you being on here with us today, sir. It was great talking to you. Good meeting you. First yeah, time we spoke. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah, about ready to wrap this thing up, fellas. Yeah, everybody go check out Jared Weaver at the Master of Metal Manipulation. That's a cool name, too. Every time I hear that, oh, it reminds yeah. me of uh, that old show, Monster Garage. Remember that? That's right. Jesse James yeah. is the Pope of Welding. Yep. Right? Yep. So I had to go with something that was pretty catchy, uh, on Facebook, if y'all want to find me over there, it's Weaver's Custom Metal Works. I just made the page. I only got a few followers. So if uh, I'm also doing the 
entries for the free giveaway every week. I'm doing it over there too. So y'all please go over there and check me out. And if you want to get entered into my raffle, uh, hit me up. It's $20 a ticket. And while we're on here, I'm going to do a deal for anybody that buys a raffle ticket. They're usually $20. If y'all hit me up and tell me, mention the hustle and grind podcast, um, I'll do $10 a ticket. So Ooh, y'all hit me up. There this you go. Only, this week only. Check so that out. You heard it here first, people. Well, there, there's probably going to be some traffic because we are pretty cool show. We are. Uh, last week, we were ranked number 116 in the hobbies category in the entire country. So if you Google how many hobby podcasts are there, there's about 850,000 registered podcast in the hobbies category and we were number 116 so that's pretty freaking awesome that's great so, guys you guys do great work thanks Thank for you your support for everybody and uh, if you want to support us go to patreon.com look up hustle and grind podcast you'll see our logo there and hit uh i never done it before whatever it is you got to hit to to do the thing should be pretty easy to figure out <laughs> <laughs> all right that means my brain's out of gas and we'll see you next week Keep on hustling and keep on grinding, guys. That was a good one.